I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, and welcome to the Syrupcast number 75. I'm here, your host, Igor Bonifacic, joined by my good friend, Matt Moniz. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Terrible. Thank you for asking, though. (laughs) Next to Matt is Rose. Hi. uh, It's also... Our dog. You can also call me our dog. Kind of appreciate that. Our dog. This is a first. We didn't know about this until now. You know, this is never going away. Now that you brought it up. Exactly. You're Uh, now known as our dog. That's right. Last, but certainly not least, Jess. Uh, Hi, everyone, and I'm doing very well. Thanks, our dog. (laughs) Do I be an animal too? Maybe like J Cat. Jay Cat. All right. Uh, So this week, uh, we have a busy week, obviously, with WWDC and the launch of the OnePlus One. Normally, we'd uh, jump in with our friend Corey Joseph, but he's golfing or just watching the back and forth series that is the uh, Cavs and Warriors. So instead, we'll just go right into it. So how about we start with everyone's take from WWDC. What was the most kind of interesting announcement, starting with you, Matt? Okay, uh, the most interesting announcement was probably, I would say, iOS 10. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where most of the beat was. Um, You know, they introduced a better Siri, which is like level two for them, but it's still not, I don't know, it still didn't seem powerful enough to like be comparable to like Google Now or Cortana maybe Um, I mean overall it wasn't like a super exciting WWDC but I think it was just kind of like kind of playing catch up and my feeling personally is that they're going to save some of their more exciting announcements for the fall but um, I think I'm getting ahead of myself here but definitely iOS 10 Mm -hmm. I would say I was actually probably most excited about watch OS personally because I wear a watch and I was so excited to get it and have since been on a sort of a gradual decline of excitement where I'm like, oh, I don't use this very much. I, I you and every other watch it. owner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so their announcements that the launch time would be seven times faster for apps and that there would be the ability to type on your actual watch. Like I think those are two major things that I was looking mm-hmm. for in the future for a, a watch interview. So um, that for me was really exciting. And then additionally, I think it will be fun to play around with the new iMessage features. Um, they kind of did a lot of the same things as Allo, which sort of sort of whisper shout where, you know, you can uh, sort of customize how your your text goes into the conversation. I think that'll be fun. I don't think it's very, like, revolutionary. No, it's just, yeah, but everyone's doing the messaging thing now, right? So right. it's just their version of it. Yeah, I will say, you know, obviously, if uh, Federlini was like, but all of this computation is done on device. None of it goes to the server or to the cloud, right? Yeah. So your privacy is, right. you know, you keep it. So, um, yeah, it's it was, hey, it's what Google's doing, but more private sleep privacy oriented mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
Uh, so Jess, what was your take on it? Um, I have to say that my favorite announcement was actually Mac OS Sierra. I think that I was really excited for the Siri integration that was kind of rumored before um, going into the event. I think it's also about time that we got a major software change for the MacBook. I think everybody's kind of waiting for it, so mm-hmm. I think that's probably my favorite. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me, universal copy and paste. That was like the most exciting thing for me for the entire show. Yes, and I don't use a Mac, so I don't know why I'm excited. Right. But that was the most exciting. Yeah, that (laughs) got some cheers. Yeah, Yeah. because it's just like cool. You can copy something on your Mac and then you paste it on your iPhone. Like, that's convenient. That is so convenient. Yeah. I think they did a couple of cool continuity things there, too. Like, also the ability to open, to unlock your Mac with your phone. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's nice. Yeah, that's so I will say, you know, like, one advantage that Apple has over Microsoft and Google is that it actually has like very capable popular operating systems Mm -hmm. on both desktop and mobile so it can do stuff like that stuff that I think you can do kind of this stuff with third party apps on Android like you can get this great app called AirDroid to get like notifications on your like computer from your Android phone but it's not as tightly integrated and there was like there's also those third party like hardware devices that you can use like Bluetooth to unlock your PC. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not like you said. It's, it's not seamless, yeah. right? So um, I think yeah, that's the most. If you're kind of deep in Apple's walled garden, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is the benefits of living in the walled right. garden, right? Is that you get integration. You get pillows. You get yeah. pillows, right? So. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I guess for me, I was going to say uh, Sierra as well, uh, but <laughs> now that I can, I guess. Uh, for me, it was interesting, just kind of the theme of this conference seemed kind of the opening up of Apple. Right. Uh, you know, historically, obviously, Steve Jobs were like, he was very reticent to even uh, put a third-party app store on the iPhone. Yeah. Um, and so, but now we're seeing like, hey, Siri's opening up, iMessage is opening up, why don't we just open up all of it, <laughs> you know, uh, to developers? Which is, I think, it's interesting because I was looking at the changes to iOS 10, and I'm like, oh, thank God, notifications aren't going to be, I have a very particular word for it, but I'm not going to use it because we're going to keep this PG. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, on iOS, like, I love the operating system, but what I always hated about it was, like, you'd have to close one notification at a time. Obviously, you can unlock the phone, go to the notification pane, and then close them all at once, but you couldn't do it from just the lock screen. And now that you will be able to do that, that's like such a pain point that's gonna be solved. And the fact that you can so deeply work with them, like, you know, they were showing one where it's like, hey, you can like an Uber notification, you can open it up and see exactly on a map where where your driver is. But you know what? That also spells the death of swipe to unlock. Yeah, it's been di- it's been dying for a long time now, right? Yeah. Like the lock lock screen in some s- lock screen, excuse me, in some sense is a very antiquated concept when it comes to smartphones, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with fingerprint sensors. Yeah, you know, you're not unlocking. Mm-hmm. Your no, you're not. You're just tapping now. You're yeah. just yeah. tapping, right? Yeah. So, um, in some sense, though, like a lot like. I owe a lot of these things are coming six months from now. <laughs> yeah. I know. It just seems like it's a lot more Android like some of the notifications. I mean, besides the deep integration with like 3D Touch and stuff. Yeah. That's gonna be fun because like 3D Touch has been pretty useless so far. Right. Yeah. So I think, I, I don't know, I'm excited to give it another shot. I mean, mm-hmm. the only thing I use for 3D yeah. Touch is like the trackpad. That's it. Yeah. Nothing yeah. else I ever use it with. So. That's cool. And also the stock apps are hideable now. Oh, Thank yes. Thank Which they didn't announce at Absolutely. the actual, you know, keynote because they didn't want people to be like, what? 
<laughs> yeah, it would have been like, yeah, I think the root or the ceiling would have come down on the uh, yeah, Bill Graham uh, oh, sure. Yeah, you had yeah. to keep that a secret. Or like, keep it quiet. Yeah. You have to figure it yourself. But, like, I can't even think of like any Apple stock apps besides like, the app store that I use. Like, no. Oh, it's Safari. It's Safari. Safari, yeah. I use tips. Oh, tips day. is solid. Yeah. Yeah. Friends and the friends feature, because like, I don't have any friends. So yeah. I always click on that. But My favorite is stocks. I mean, <laughs> maybe one day I'll be a day trader, because you know, that's yeah. the way to great wealth, but uh, not today. Yeah. yeah, I think Rose mentioned last, even in last week's podcast that everybody has a folder called Apple Junk. Yeah, it's <laughs> true, they do. Yeah. So it's nice to see that we can... Like this it. dedicated compass app, like why? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> you could have Dimensha, you could, you know, you could have Vertigo, I don't know. For sure, yeah, I should not yeah, be so inconsiderate. Yeah, that's the point, you the rest of us. Or you could be, you know, like trying to just find yourself with an analog map and your phone. <laughs> but at that point, why wouldn't you just look at the map? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. They did specify. Right? <laughs> um, they did also specify that it, it, they're, you're not, they're not really being deleted. It is, Which is just fine. hidden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is fine. fine. And people were like, oh, but what about the storage space it takes up? But these really take up very, very little space. Yeah. In comparison and some of them are very crucial house. to the actual overall like operation yeah. of the uh, operating system. So, you know, for instance, uh, what was one of, like, I, I was looking at the list of apps you couldn't hide, and a lot of it mm. was pretty reasonable. Like Photos. Like photos you yeah. can't hide, right? That makes sense, because that's where the camera world lives on yeah, iOS, exactly. right? So, or you can't get rid of the camera app either, and that makes sense as well. Right. Um, so... I think it's like, it is like the most reasonable thing. It, it was like Apple at the most reasonable they've ever been in terms of a lot of stuff. And that makes, and that makes yeah. me really excited. And I think, um, you know, for me, a lot of people said it was a really dry WWDC, but I think like you mentioned, it's just setting up for this fall when it's yeah. like, hey, new hardware. Um, and now like, this is iOS as the best it's ever been. And now we're going to give you the best iPhone we've ever put yeah. together. Like my only major concern about from this conference, I was hoping to see more of like a five, ten, five, ten year like vision. Yeah. But we kind of didn't get that. Like we got, okay, fine. We got a better IS. We know they're going to be a little bit deeper into AI, but like how far are they going to go with it? Like I know the privacy is a whole concern. They said they're yeah. going to use differential privacy, yeah. which is something that I know only a couple of companies are messing with. The lights are off now. Um, yeah. and, but I mean, I kind of wanted to know more, but hopefully maybe in the fall we'll get a better idea. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the other cool things on that front was, uh, all app, what was the HTTPS news? Something that all apps have to use. Right, yeah. yeah. So by by 2017, all apps are going to have to use ATPS, which is Apple's uh, feature that ensures your app is running on HTTPS, so yeah. the yeah. secure version of HTTP. Yeah. Um, it's encrypted, so you can be more confident that your data isn't going to be gotten at by middle uh, man in the middle attacks yeah um so that's kind of cool they're gonna force developers to stop dragging their feet on that mm-hmm. and to, to just get on it so the, yeah a strong focus on security definitely yeah so i think insofar as there's like a five to ten well i think at most five year vision now right you know apple's always never been really can or really open to sharing it's like really long-term vision but i think as much as you can see a long-term vision it's there right like yeah it's a focus on privacy and security as opposed to uh you know google which is like hey we're just gonna mine all your data (laughs) yeah Yeah. be okay with that just be cool with it but you'll get like 
you know, we'll turn you into chat Bob because of it. So that's the thing though, like, okay, mm-hmm. if they're going to be so private and confidential with your information, like how advanced is their AI system ever going to be? That's, AI yeah. is supposed to be like the next big thing, right? Yeah. That's what I've been thinking about yeah. most of the week too, because the less information you ch- you share, as mm-hmm. long as the opt-out features still exist, the less they can personalize the experience for you, the less you can interact with artificial intelligence software. So eventually I think that we're going to, these two races that people are running are eventually going to run up against each other. Yeah. Yeah. So I think at some point, like the buck stops, particularly, you know, for Apple, I'm sure, you know, you are, whether you kind of know it or not, you're giving up some kind of anonymized data. Mm -hmm. Um, I just haven't seen what the EULA is, right? And these EULAs are, you know, noted for being super long, you know, so I'm sure there's a fine print where it's like, hey, but we'll collect this information. That's interesting, though. Like, if Apple is taking the side of we're all about privacy, while Google is clearly, like, taking more position of being like, we're all about future technology at whatever cost that might be. But I think Google's argument, too, is no matter what, they're still keeping your information private, right? Right. Like, Apple did say they're going to use your information, but they're going to be doing it in a different way that most other companies mm-hmm. do it now. Like, mm-hmm. But now it's like, oh, your data is just anonymous and it's mm-hmm. way on a secure server. What Apple wants to do is what Microsoft's been playing with is called differential privacy. So like, let's say someone gets a hold of your data, they're not going to be able to piece it together yeah. because it's going to, there's going to be all this noise added to it. So you mm-hmm. need like these advanced algorithms to put it back together. So that's their way of saying, yes, we're going to use your data, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's beyond just hash and salt. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think, yeah, overall, like, it's like a lot of the developer conferences we've seen this year. There wasn't, like, too much meat there. Right. Uh, and maybe not as much as people wanted. But, again, it's a developer conference. It's about setting up developers for the future more so than getting consumers excited for uh, hardware. It's funny, people always complain, like, oh, they didn't announce a new MacBook Pros, they didn't announce a new this, but I mean, like you said, it's a developer's conference. It's just for developers, and we kind of get a glimpse of where platforms are going. Yeah, and to be fair, I think Apple does need to focus on software, right? Like, that's kind of an area they've been lagging behind. The hardware has always been top-notch, I think. It's the software that's in recent years not been up to snuff. Yeah. You know, especially compared to years prior. Uh, So, that was the Apple conference. The other big thing this year, or this uh, week, excuse me, was we got the OnePlus 3 was announced after bajillion leaks. Uh, (laughs) uh, I mean, interesting Interestingly, you know, like, I won't say who told me, but I was told about how some of those leaks happened. Uh, No, actually, there's a great anecdote I can share. Uh, So when I was at Lenovo Tech World last week, um, this being Lenovo, right, Chinese-owned company, they flew in a whole contingent of Chinese media. So there was more, I think, per, like, head, more uh, Chinese journalists than there were U.S. and international journalists, right? Uh, And there was this uh, one guy who was telling me um, he was on a plane with Carl Pei, the founder of OnePlus, and Carl was napping, and the PR person for OnePlus came up to this journalist, to all the journalists on the plane that were with Carl, uh, and he's like, he has the OnePlus X on you. It hasn't been announced yet, but I want you to take a picture of the of him holding it, right? Oh, my God. And leak it. Right? So all wow. these journalists went up, and so in, I, 
I have to imagine it was staged. So, right. You know, like, it has to be. That's how a lot of leaks probably are. But was it a real nap? Yeah, was, was the nap real? Was it like, right? like this one eye open? Yeah, one eye open. <laughs> he was just like, you know, like posing with the OnePlus yeah. X, right? Yeah. So he, he was just telling me, it's like, you know, I hadn't known these things about OnePlus that they're, I guess, mavericks is yeah. the way you would call them. Like they just do things uh, with a dash of insanity. Right. Um, and yeah, like, so they were telling me a bit about how, uh, how um, Evan got his leaks and it was, it was pretty interesting. Like, really? yeah, it was, but basically... This phone, you know, it was very much so, it was leaked on purpose, right, you right. know? And I think that was obvious to everyone, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, but, you know, when you're a small company, you got to kind of Good, do... you got to do. you got to yeah. do yeah, what you got to do. Hype, right? And I do. think it worked. You know, yeah. we were the suckers because we wrote about it. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the ones laughing to Thanks, the bank. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bubble Syrup. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway... Uh, thoughts on the OnePlus 3? So I played with it for a total of like three minutes and I think it's, I mean, you know, it's a simple phone. There's nothing special about it, but it yeah. does everything you want and mm-hmm. it runs really smooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think for the price point, you're not probably not going to find a much better. better. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think it feels amazing in the hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the funny thing is that it's more, it's heavier than the S7, than the iPhone, like pretty significantly actually. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel that way. Is it the iPhone 6S Plus or the iPhone 6S? 6S. Okay, okay. Yeah. 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 Not the 6S Plus. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, I think, 15 or 16 grams heavier than the 6S. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if you felt this, Matt, but like when you were holding it, it kind of felt like a light slim. It did. It did yeah. Feel like, yeah, I totally agree. It was agree. super nice. I'm surprised that it's like that heavy. Right. 158 like, grams. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all that RAM, man. It's all the RAM. <laughs> six gigs. Yeah, let's keep it going. Yeah, that made me nervous when I heard that. It was like six gigs. It's overkill. But whatever. <laughs> I mean, spec are going to love it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all that storage too, 64 gigabytes, right? Yeah. Dual SIM, dual SIM slot too. There you go. Um, although that in some sense feels like a trade-off. Like, would you, what would you rather have, dual SIM slot or the SD? Uh, I, think you, I think 90% of people will say SD card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Unless you live in China. Like, yeah, or like, yeah, or like, yeah, somewhere there, because they know they have like two different, on one device for work. Yeah. Two different cards, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. So I, I was going to say the only thing that I, you know, the only thing they didn't go, you know, full in with was the screen. They went with the 1080p screen, which I'm mm-hmm. okay with. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're like obsessed with VR cardboard and you need like the best screen. But yeah. 1080p is fine. I thought it was a good, a decent AMOLED panel. Yeah. Yeah. It looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think this is. I'll have to see how much it ends up costing with like, cause shipping is free now, right? From one plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think you have to pay a duty. So the only thing you're paying is the tax, tax right? Type. So you're paying under just a bit under $600, I think. Yeah. Which something. is super good. Super good. Right. Like, so maybe the only place from the reviews I've read, the only place this phone maybe is not as good as the, you know, the phone you're holding, which is the S seven is, Obviously, the screen, not yeah. as high res, uh, but for some people, that's kind of take it or leave it, right. especially with the effect that a QHD screen has on battery life. Uh, and the other thing is the camera. So I don't think it is um, from the photos I've seen and the photos I've taken, pretty great camera, yeah. but not as obviously the best in class, I think, without doubt, is the S7, right, right for most people. Yeah. Uh, so, but... 
then again, that phone is a thousand dollars in Canada. <laughs> uh, and you also don't get the curved screen, so it's yeah, true. You know, I mean, yeah, like, like that's it. If you need like to have the best camera, if you need to have like uh, waterproofing all that stuff, you're gonna pay at least two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars more, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the only other phone that I can think of that's like those specs, that kind of class, is the ZT Axon Seven, which I don't think any of us have played with yet. Yeah. So and I think it's only like fifty dollars more. And I also, but this one doesn't come with like the bloatware that the ZT. Yeah, uses, exactly. Right? This is like, it's, it's like I was playing around with it. It's like very snappy. It's like much more snappier than my S7 Edge. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Like it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's Edge is pretty smooth, but like. Yeah. Right. How much RAM does the S7? Four. Which is more than enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't need more than that. Do you think that's just the uh, the Exynos being not as good as the? I think well, the Exynos is supposed to be better, right? Really? Yeah. But I have the. G- I played. I mean, I played with all the phones. I just. Yeah. I don't know. Even like the OnePlus Two last year, it was just really snappy. Yeah. I think it's just because. I don't know. Android lag. It does. It does catch up. It does with catch me, up, right? But it's because it's using pretty much close to stock. That's why. I mean, you got to yeah. think about it. OnePlus is a small company. They don't have tons of software developers, right. so yeah. they keep it simple. Yeah. Right. And I think there's a market for that, right? Exactly. It's a, it's a well-targeted device. Yeah. They know their audience and they've built a really hardcore fan base on it. Right. So My mom or dad is not going to pick this up, right? It's going to be like... But they should. They should. Like, mom, you need yeah. one plus three. What? With one the plus Samsung three is four. Part, right? I know, mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the one plus three. Well, I, I don't know if there's too much more to say about it. Otherwise, then... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like, you know, I'll stop being an Apple shill. No, for, oh, no invite system. First time, no invite system. Yeah, no invite yeah, system. Right, yeah, go. so finally got rid of that. So yeah, if you've ever thought about hopping on the OnePlus train, I think this is the time to do it. I agree. Um, aside from that, we'll have a review at some point. There we go. Next week. Cool. Um, and like I said, I'll stop being an Apple shill for just one second and say, it's the greatest phone ever built. <laughs> there you go. There's my verdict, guys. Uh, it does look a lot like an Apple device. <laughs> well, yeah, it looks, it's like a iPhone from the front and then an HTC 10 from the back. Yeah, yeah, the very iPhone-esque. Yeah, very iPhone-esque, right? Um, down to, like, the grill. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, also, fingerprint scanner is a lot faster too on the one plus two than one plus two. Yeah, it's much better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what was the interesting thing when I was at Tech World was obviously they announced the uh, Moto X and the Moto X Force or the Moto Z Force, excuse me, and Moto Z and. I don't know if you guys mentioned it, but that phone doesn't have a headphone jack. Yeah, I know. See, it's really? USB Type C, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, what I just wanted briefly to mention from that event was that Apple got out Appled by Motorola, <laughs> all companies, right? Like, you know, because all of these, you know, just to bring it back to the uh, uh, WW, um, you know, one of the things we've been hearing so often is. Well, the iPhone 7 is not going to have a headphone jack because, man, if you want to get a phone any thinner, you need to get, get rid, rid of, of that, that. Yeah. that aging technology, which has served us so well all these years. Um, so, yeah, that was, that, was, that was really surreal to see that. Yeah. Um, 
Also, I don't know if you guys talked about the Tango phone too much. Um, a little bit. Okay, so I, all I'll say from that is I got to sit in on a session with uh, the lead developer of, or the project manager of Project Tango, now called Tango, excuse me, and the kind of Lenovo engineer that led Project Tango, their Project Tango phone, the Fab2 Pro. And someone asked, like, could you have gotten this technology into a... a a five inch phone and the Lenovo guy was super like obviously not media trained he's like yeah the phone would have lasted five minutes doing <laughs> he's like he's like it took a monumental amount of engineering effort to get it into a phone this big and yeah. you haven't used this phone yet but you, you think you see it and you think it's like comically large but you use it in person and it's just like you have to hold it with like two hands almost right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and you like there's this great picture I took of Teddy one of our contributors where he's holding it up to his head and it's just like the so phone obscures like three quarters of his face <laughs> right um, and it was interesting like so people were like going ham in the demo area with the all the Tango apps and Lenovo had to uninstall them so that it could be more orderly in the right. demo area because oh <laughs> everyone's like oh my god look at the dinosaur it's so big oh. all right <laughs> or like look so it's turning cool. into a verdant like lush landscape uh. Uh, <laughs> so uh that phone was something else like i don't think i don't know i don't think it'll come to canada yeah. and if it does it'll have such a small audience this is us in this room yeah, yeah like like yeah, yeah like like, look at the dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought you would enjoy it just because it's, like, so over-spec'd. Because it needs to be over-spec'd, yeah, right? Like, I mean, but so I cannot carry carry, uh, carry a phone around like that. Yeah. It's too big. Like, it's, where are we going to put it? Like, I need a backpack. Yeah. yeah like, if yeah. you have tight jeans, sorry. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was uh, Tech World. Great event. Um, but so the last thing we wanted to talk about... Uh, was some study about Shomi oh, and Crave. Oh, yes. that's right. Some yeah. Canadian content for you on this week. Ooh. Some Canadian content. Okay. So Crave TV and Shomi. Um, there was this study done recently that showed that they um, have one-seventh the Canadian subscribers that Netflix does. And this is um, this is based on their research, so it's more of something that they uh, sort of um, predict or, or yeah. estimate. estimate. Yeah. It's, it's not exact. But um, it certainly does slot in with the level of excitement that I saw for Crave TV and Show Me when I worked in retail at both Bell and Rogers. And, um, and it's not for lack of awareness. That's the funny thing. It's when they were doing a study and they asked people if they knew about Crave TV mm-hmm. or they knew about Show Me. Yeah. Um, it was something like eighty, uh, high eighty percent of people mm-hmm. knew what those services were, but they just weren't interested. So I think it's this is interesting. This study, insofar that it's a great microcosm for kind of Canada's telecom landscape on a bigger scale. Um, tech is cutthroat, right? Like there's at most one or two winners, right, in any vertical, right? In this case, I. Th- Obviously, it's Netflix by a significant margin, and then let's say Hulu in the United yeah, States. Yeah, HBO. Uh, oh, do they have HBO Go in Canada? Like they can pay for something. Yeah, like right. there's those kind of edge cases right, right, where right. like a certain channel like HBO right. okay, has its own content, and you know, like it can survive in that landscape because it has the content, right? But I think 
it was very naive for these Canadian companies to think that for these Canadian telecoms to think that they could get a piece of uh, Netflix's pie so late into the game and especially when there's two of them doing the same thing right like they thought their business model which was so successful in Canada because there weren't outside competitors Mm -hmm. would work again in Canada in this different vertical right like it's the hubris that these companies have right like (laughs) to think that they could compete with such an established especially in tech like as soon as we see it in in uh, in smartphones as well, right? Like even Microsoft, which has more money than God, could not <laughs> beat uh, Apple and Google, right? Because right. they were earlier to it. Like they were reactionary. You can't be reactionary in tech. You have to be aggressive, right? So this is just like it's funny. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's interesting when you kind of view it through that lens and that might be just like my own bias coming out and seeing it that way I don't know what you guys think like yeah like I've never considered show me your cream ever in my entire no like what yeah like why would you I mean (laughs) I guess if you want some of HBO's programming which is the one it's the Bell one sorry Crave yeah Crave has uh, not current shows oh it's not not current shows it's not not that are currently airing but if you want to watch The Wire again there's your place to go right Yeah. Yeah. yeah but if you want to binge watch The Wire all you can do is just get the one month trial binge watch the wire and then get rid of it call it a day right like it's not a compelling reason to keep the and then you can i guess binge watch the sopranos and i think that that stuff yeah (laughs) i think you're right that um that because these big three own the telecom industry they thought it was going to be easier than it would than it actually was Mm -hmm. another thing was that when i was at Rogers, I was told um, by my manager that so Rogers and Shaw together went in on Show Me, mm-hmm. and th- there's rumors going around that apparently Bell was also in on Show Me uh, at the beginning, oh. and then decided no, we'll do Crave. So I don't know how that that's, that happened. I wonder how it would have played out if they went into it together. It would have, yeah, it would have done well. I think it would have done better, but it better. also would have. I think it also would have showed. Canadians who maybe knew less about the telecom industry, how kind of... well, it's a cabal, right? Like, yeah, yeah it's a yeah, cartel. Exactly. Uh, how close they, how closely knit they were. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think uh, I should mention, you know, what, I think what a big part of this their success or lack of success is the fact that the CRTC came down on them, right? Like, yeah. A big thing with these was it was like over the top or packed in with your subscription, right? And that's with a cable subscription, yeah. and that's how they were able to kind of offer it at slightly lower prices. Uh, but that business model fell through <laughs> when the CRTC was like, uh, I don't think you can do this. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, if the telecoms didn't see this coming, they should have, it was partially probably like way too much optimism. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I just want to reference to the study in case anybody wants to check it out. It's yeah. by Toronto's solutions research group. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who did the, the study on that. And there was another study that was somewhat related that you mentioned to me oh, before. So, you, yeah. So, and, and let Jess lead yeah, on that so one. Jess, yeah, you did that one, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, though I can never remember the name of this department. I believe it's the Organization, Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development. You got <laughs> it talking about yes. earlier, man. <laughs> um, made an announcement this week that uh, introducing foreign investment into Canadian telecom would actually force local carriers to reduce their prices. And it's interesting how these two studies don't seem to be related 
at all, but in but they you actually look at them, they're extremely related to yeah. each other because it's very easy to see why the big three don't want any other players to enter this market because it's clear that um, when you're better at it, Canadians are willing to move over to other options. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what it, what there is to say about this, right? Well, that was, that yeah. one was kind of interesting because the Minister of Finance of Canada mm-hmm. was a presented this these findings these suggestions yeah. alongside uh, this organization which is an international forum yeah. based in, in yeah. France so um, it was sort of an official thing where this gives you an idea of what the liberal government wants to do mm-hmm. and maybe we will see for like the the restrictions on foreign investment dropped yeah mm-hmm. um, altogether or lesser yeah. Yeah. um competition although a lot yeah. of our readers were like well you know yeah they didn't not, like the idea really and i was surprised like yeah. i was expecting the opposite reaction especially from our readers. what was the sentiment generally that if another carrier entered the market from the u.s or i guess some other location that um it would sim- I think you. I think the idea was, um, it was sort of like let's keep it Canadian, yeah, but let's do a better job of uh, making competition within the nation rather than selling out and letting the U.S. Control yeah, they really didn't like the idea sector. of bringing in a foreign player. Yeah. Well, I mean, which I was very surprised to see. It's whether you know it's Rogers or. Uh, you know, best case scenario, Justin Trudeau sends an invite uh, to Jean Leger and T-Mobile comes, right? Like, um, it's still like a soulless corporation, right? right. Like, whether it has a maple leaf or, you know, yeah. uh, union, or, you know, yeah, whatever exactly. flag. It doesn't you know, it's, make much of a difference. It doesn't have as much money as possible regardless. They're exactly. not beholden to patriotism. They're beholden to their to shareholders. Exactly. And their shareholders, I'm... Uh, like, I'm confident that most of Rogers, well, probably a good portion of their shareholders are not Canadian. Well, for probably sure. not. Right. Yeah. right? So, uh, whether like it's Canadian company or not, well, I think is somewhat a. Another thing to mention too is that foreign investment, the way that they were looking at it, would mm-hmm. be that these American telecoms would be able to invest large, uh, get a large stake in existing Canadian telecoms. Okay, that's interesting. That too, yeah. Yeah. So they're like basically capital. Like you get more yeah. Capital mm-hmm. yeah. And potentially maybe you know a smaller player could grow and gain the assistance of an American uh, telecom and be able to take on the big three through added investment in infrastructure. But yeah. I, think, I think this all kind of just speaks to kind of the the main issue, which is that the government needs to have, like the government agencies that are tasked with controlling these, regulating these uh, companies, like the Competition Bureau, like the CRTC, need more more than, they need fangs, right? Like they need yeah. to, uh, there was, I was reading about some law that was, uh, it was enacted eight years ago, and it was specifically relating to something that this uh, competition Bureau was supposed to do, and it's never tried anyone or investigated anyone under this law. You know, so like, what was the point of this law if you know if this is all just bark, no bite? It's interesting though because very few sectors of the Canadian economy are actually closed off to foreign investment. A very huge chunk Mm -hmm. of our entire economy is foreign. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Even our infrastructure is is foreign. Yeah. It's mostly about from Huawei. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They have a big stake in Canada. Our highway, the 407, that's mm-hmm. foreign. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or investor. I mean, like, it's crazy. Um, most of the condos in Vancouver. Right? Probably, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can, there's obviously, like... There are arguments for both sides. For both yeah, sides, exactly. right? Like, and I think the issue with Canada that's kind of always been like this is that it's in this weird liminal space, right? It's a huge country with very few people. Um, if, it, if there was a bigger population density in Canada this wouldn't be as much of an issue, right? There's no, like, there's too few company, Canadian companies for, like, small companies to sell to, right? And so most of what it is started in Canada ends up being owned by someone else outside of the world, right? And then, like, there's not enough money in this country to kind of invest in these giant projects, so they need to bring in foreign investors. And then and just this spiral kind of creates where nothing is really owned by actual Canadians, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's, you know, whether whatever kind of decision they make on this, I don't think that's going to change either way. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, at yeah. least we have most of their hockey players. It's <laughs> true. true. That is the one commodity we control. Yeah. Yes. And maple syrup. And maple, and maple syrup. syrup. Yeah. There you go. So, so the thing is, like, even if... Um, even if they're like you know we do the look for ownership like like you said like there will be competition eventually but at least we'd have like a good two years of low prices. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> the dream. Right. Yeah. yeah. Although they did note too that with these lower prices, Americans also have a lower quality That's of true. service. They're not working on nearly as good as ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that could happen as well if, if yeah. that is what comes to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was when I was in San Francisco. It was interesting. We uh, walked by a T-Mobile store, and it was just fascinating. It was like three gigabytes and like unlimited call time for forty American dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I wish T-Mobile was here. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's I think that's about it. But we can't possibly fathom ending a podcast without shout outs so besides yeah. shouting out your dad uh, <laughs> okay but you can shout out your dad on yeah you can do obviously your dad needs a shout out okay yeah. you go first all right yes. um shout out to my dad and shout out to game of thrones this weekend because someone's gonna die i just want to know who it is Ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's the Battle of the yeah. Bastards, right? That's the... Yeah, yeah, okay. Someone's going to die. Someone's going to die. I <laughs> wonder <laughs> who. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It Let us know in the comments who you think it is before Sunday. If you Absolutely. listen to us before Sunday, which yeah. I probably doubt you will. And we yeah. know you watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> because you... We know you watch Game of Thrones because you read Patrick's Guide How to Get HBO Go. There you go. There you go. No excuses now. <laughs> okay. My shout-out is to Papa Joe Bahar. Um, maker of the best pizza, best uh, dad of the year. I'd give him dad of the year. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Right. So y'all have to try and compete with him. Yeah. Um, and then my other shout out goes to Microsoft by my LinkedIn. Other one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't talk, we about, talk about, about that. that. Yeah. That's why I had to bring it up in my shout yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was uh, totally unexpected. On the first day of WWDC, took a little bit of Apple's thunder. Yeah, Satya's all like, hmm, this is how it's going to be in the new Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's an interesting buy. I think we talked about it like it, it, it's, um, I guess it sort of works with their whole enterprise focus. It's a lot of money to spend on a social a, network. Right. It is, it is. It but it makes like, sense for them. Like, I think it does. But so the funny thing is this quarter they're going to, fi- I think, finally finish writing off the Nokia disaster. Hmm. Yeah. Like, so, I just want to, I wonder what it was like a fly in the wall. They're like, so guys, you know, I know we've written off seven odd billion dollars. Uh, I want to spend 20 more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I know. What are they going to use it for? What do they see the value in it? But apparently yeah. LinkedIn actually does make quite a lot of money and it's fairly successful at what it does as a career-based Oh, for sure, platform. right? Well, they, I think they're going to continue doing what they're doing. Making yeah. it to, like the best social network. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, I think so. I think Satya's thing was like, it's where you're going to do your work, but also go where you find your new job. Yeah. So it's just like, right. we're going to get you stuck in LinkedIn, yeah. Yeah. right? Because you're going to have your office subscription right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's baked in. Yeah. So, I mean, and then the funny thing is you can read this great article on uh, Vice where it's about the people who go like basically use LinkedIn as their Tinder. Uh, <laughs> so basically LinkedIn is becoming the go-to place for everything. I think that's the vision they yeah. had for Maybe. Yeah. The go-to place for everything, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, after both of my shout-outs were stolen, I had to come up with a new one. But first, I'd like to give a shout-out to Robert Fomiro, my dad, and my personal IT guy, and the person I watch old TV shows with, oh. and no one else will watch with me. <laughs> um, I'd also like to send a shout-out to Facebook, who is supporting the Euro Cup this week by including a new game in Facebook Messenger that I've been playing all week, a soccer keep-up game. <laughs> Rose is currently mimicking right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been playing it all week and I can't get past 56 but oh okay, it, that's pretty good man yeah you know and not when you're playing against someone whose high score is 140 so oh. whatever <laughs> wow if I you could beat 56 make sure you tweet Jessica at Jessica please let me know let me know how you a screenshot of you beating your score screenshot or didn't happen yeah it didn't happen okay obviously you know my first shout out to my papa uh, wouldn't be here without him. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I guess my second shout out, Chris Velasco from Engadget. Just met him this past week. Total oh, cool. cool dude. Uh, hopefully he, he wants to be a guest on the podcast he's, at some is he point. From Canada? Hmm? Is he from Canada? He's, he lives Toronto? in the U.S. He lives in the U.S., okay. Uh, so we're going to find out a way to uh, have get him, him on here. Get him on here so that he can have his opinions shared with us Canadians so that he can enlighten <laughs> us with his wise wisdom so wise yeah. wisdoms yes <laughs> take that for an alliteration uh, and on that note thank you all for joining us thank you for having us thanks guys Any day. our take- dog out jcat out <laughs> take it easy <laughs>Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.